In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you have an image of the solemnity of Pentecost, it may very well involve 12 men and one woman in a room, maybe standing or arranged symmetrically, and there are tongues of fire over their heads. And already there would, there would be some kind of quandary or some kind of question, because most of us probably were thinking that it was the 12 apostles. And so how is Mary there? That's an opportunity to share the Bible uh, with our Protestant friends. We'll have to go back a little bit further in order to set the stage. The gospel that we read today came from the 20th chapter of John, but the account of Pentecost came from the second chapter of Acts at the very beginning of the readings. In the middle of the first chapter of Acts, the stage is set. They returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the zealot, Judas the son of James. All these with one accord devoted themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the brethren. The company of persons was, in all, about 120. Indeed, the Holy Spirit comes to every believer, and in different ways. And significantly, the Holy Spirit comes to us as a a body, with Mary as our mother, and our in our midst. Another quandary comes from the fact that the gospel comes from the gospel. That's not a quandary. Of course the gospel reading has to come from the gospel. But the gospel readings don't get to after our Lord's ascension. A further obstacle to your understanding what's going on is what was their mood Not only how many there were and who they were. And the gospel that we read today comes from the resurrection, Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday, they were scared to death. They were locked up. But they weren't locked up out of fear on Pentecost Sunday. Don't forget what you heard last week from the end of the chapter, from the end of the last chapter of the Gospel of Luke. They saw the Lord go up into heaven and they returned to Jerusalem rejoicing, praising God in the temple. They were no longer afraid. Certainly, the Holy Spirit imparted to them courage perfecting the natural courage they already had. But on Pentecost Sunday, the the Holy Spirit didn't find cowards. The Holy Spirit found men 
and women who were obedient to Christ. We also heard last week from the first chapter of Acts, a little earlier, that the Lord had commanded them, when you receive power from the Holy Spirit, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem. He told them to wait, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but before many days you shall be baptized by the Holy Spirit. These believers were faithful, courageous, joyful, and obedient, and were waiting. They kept vigil. The circumstances of Jerusalem hadn't changed. It was just as dangerous for them as it had been six weeks earlier. Remember, it took the risen Lord several visits to the apostles. Not only on Easter Sunday, but even a week later, they were still locked up. Out of fear. And then they complied with our Lord's command and went up to the Sea of Galilee. And there the later visits with the risen Lord took place there. When the ascension took place, they were changed. They were now ready for our Lord to depart and ready to begin the wait, the vigil for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit always is always and everywhere present. The variable is us being disposed, open, receptive for the moment when God acts for a specific purpose. It's not as though the Holy Spirit is this constant presence like the sunshine and we just simply have to open the window. It's not as though God is simply some mindless, constant force. God is everywhere, but at the same time, he acts at specific times and places for specific purposes. On many of us, he already acted in the sacrament of confirmation, but found us perhaps not quite as well disposed as those 120. We ask the Lord then to open up our hearts even further to give us the the natural virtues to begin with, to make us honest, to give us the desire to, to help others, to work, to, to instill in us a, a fascination with the truth and to, to, be, to be amazed at beauty and to, to gaze in wonder at all the th- marvels that he's done. To be faithful. To desire not just what's good, but to desire the best. To seek excellence. 
And then with faith in Jesus Christ, with faith in the divinity of our Lord, with confidence that he died for our sins and rose from the dead and actually ascended into heaven and promised to send the Holy Spirit to to fill us with an apostolic zeal that's just waiting to be pointed in the right direction, that's champing at the bit to be set loose. That was the apostles. So pray with me, just silently in your heart, this prayer for the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. O Lord Jesus Christ, who before ascending into heaven did promise to send the Holy Ghost to finish your work and the souls of your apostles and disciples, deign to grant the same Holy Spirit to me that he may perfect in my soul the work of your grace and your love. Grant me the spirit of wisdom that I may despise the perishable things of this world and aspire only after the things that are eternal. The spirit of understanding to enlighten my mind with the light of your divine truth. The spirit of counsel that I may ever choose the surest way of pleasing God and gaining heaven. The spirit of fortitude that I may bear my cross with you and that I may overcome with courage all the obstacles that oppose my salvation. The spirit of knowledge that I may know God and know myself and grow perfect in the science of the saints. The spirit of piety that I may find the service of God sweet and amiable. The spirit of fear, that I may be filled with a loving reverence towards God and may dread in any way to displease him. Mark me, dear Lord. Mark us, all of us, with the sign of your true disciples and animate us in all things with your spirit. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.